Hello. We want to thank you for joining our Living Messiah family by downloading this podcast. We hope it blesses you and enriches your life. We also want to encourage you, uh, if you can, and if your heart is so moved, to support this ministry by going on our website, livingmessiah.com, and donating to help us to put these podcasts in every nation, every place, so we can bring these messages to change lives, to help people grow in the Word of God. Once again, thank you so much for being part of our family. Shalom. All right. Well, Shabbat Shalom, everyone. I'm glad all of you are here. So, what's that? Well, thank you. So, as usual, um, we're um, in the book of Matthew. We are still in chapter 22. Um, I'll take the, uh, I'm going to go through this first section. We'll read it in. and I have a couple things, and I'll have a, actually have a lot of questions maybe to lay out on you guys this time as well. So and uh, let me open in prayer, and then we can uh, get into it. Father Yahuwah, we give you great thanks, Father. We thank you for another wonderful Shabbat to, to be with you, to be with friends and family. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you did not leave us, and you left your words to us. You left your spirit to us and guiding us, and ultimately that your words became flesh, and he has dwelt among us, and we see your only brought forth son, Yeshua, as our Messiah King, and we thank you for that, Father. Be with us so we can understand your words and your direction in our life and empower us with your spirit. Amen. All right. So um, I'm back. We're back. We had a family reunion that we went to. That's where we were last week. So you were missed, guys. So I did miss you. And I, I know that speak for my wife as well. You did? Awesome. And thank you, John. I think he did a great job showing you how the website works uh, uh, for registration. So we'll be talking about more about Sukkot in the announcements coming up. So... So let me see. So as a review, since it's been a, a week or so here, a review is we're obviously we're in the book of Matthew chapter 22. Um, and this is that time is uh, what, three, four days where he's in Jerusalem. He's coming into Jerusalem. It's the Passover feast, that appointed time that the father set down, that he set down since at least Mount Sinai, you know, so everyone that's following after the voice of the Most High, following the Spirit, they're coming into Jerusalem uh, and upholding this appointed time. Um, and we know that Passover, it is so related to them coming out of um, Egypt and the association with the commandments as well. It's just not the ten. There's uh, many other more directives and instructions our Father has for us that he gave for anyone who wants to come after his heart, and we see that, uh, that, that there at Mount Sinai. So there's a, lot that, um, the, there's a lot behind this feast that we have to consider, let alone now we have Yahshua here at this appointed time coming to now the temple, and this these conversations and these situations and these teachings that we've been looking at are taking place at this particular time. So I think that's very, very important. So that gives us a quick review to maybe anyone that's online that um, is maybe catching up on uh, where we're at. Or in, and if it's your first time online hanging out with us, thank you. We're glad you're here. So... With that being said, let's get into the portion of the text I'd like us to go over today. And I didn't have, sorry, I didn't have, when I was in a rush right after a meeting here, I didn't have time to get that adjusted. Is that better? Can you still hear me? Okay. It was my beard, I think, was rubbing on the end of the speaker there. So we're Matthew 22, verse 15. I'll read it, and then we can take a look at it together here. Then the Pharisees uh, went and plotted how to trap him in his words. And they sent to him their taught ones, or their disciples, uh, with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true 
and teach the way of Elohim, teach the way of God in truth. And it does not, con- and it does not concern you about anyone, for you do not, uh, you are not uh, partial uh, to any man. Then he, uh, uh, when he says to us, "What do you think? Is it right to pay uh, taxes to Caesar or not?" But knowing their wickedness, Yeshua said, "Why do you try me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin of the tax." And they brought to him a silver piece. And he said to them, "Whose likeness and inscription is this?" They said to him, "Caesar's." And he said to them. Then give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to Elohim what is Elohim's. And having heard, they marveled, and they left and went away. All right? So first off, some of the things I want to mention here. And, oh, and if you do have any kind of uh, any comments, as usual, we hope that they, uh, we want them to be on point of what we're talking about and try to make them brief. Um, especially today, because possibly there are going to be a lot of comments today. So uh, remember, maybe another brother or sister would like something to say as well. So, so you see here the Pharisees. This is uh, this section I want to focus on because I think there's a lot here that we can uh, make theorize about look into, maybe kind of see the background of what's going on in many different ways here. And one of them is, is kind of interesting. You have the Pharisees, you know, they're plotting, but they sent their disciples to go basically try to corner in Messiah or Yeshua, okay? So I think that's something interesting. We see in verse 16, they are trying to, to put him in bad standing with the government at the same time. And why I'm saying that is because the Herodians, I looked up, okay, who are the Herodians? It's like, okay, what's this? So I looked up who they were. So the Herodians were uh, partisans, um, which is a strong supporter of a, a political group or, or whatever you have it, but they were for Herod, <laughs> all right? So, so ultimately here we... Ultimately, here we see that these top ones were trying to bring, a, let's say, maybe a, a political taste to this whole thing, all right? They're bringing politics into it, all right? So they're, they're going and trying to involve uh, Herod here uh, in, let's say, the bigger government that's going on at that point, trying to uh, bring, him, bring Yeshua in and put him in a bad light even there, Okay? So, so we have to, uh, that's something that I see, is, to me, it's very clear. And I'd like to get your comments on that as well, because um, I'd like to follow up that was saying, uh, do we see that today, that type of behavior today, all right? Uh, the way I'm seeing it, they're, they're, they're coming and uh, approaching Messiah and trying to, Make him look bad in in light of of another group, all right. So I mean, for me, do, you know, maybe that's the question. Do you see that a lot going on, especially today in our politics, where you have one <laughs> one asking those uh, testy questions just to make someone look like they that they are in bad standing or not, you know for another particular group by the way you word things? Joe? Okay, you would think that the Pharisees would get it. This is another time they tried to plot him. The fig tree and others, they kept trying to trap him and it didn't work. You would think they would, you know, get the, get the answer, you know, we can't trap this guy. Mm-hmm. So. No, exactly. No, and we'll see that. We see that played out here. Um, the constant attacks, and I have some other things that we'll look at as well. But um, go ahead, Paul. For me, and I, I'll just share my take. I'm not going to say my take is right or wrong, but a lot of times when we look at the world and we look at the world of politics, there's a lot of divisive factors there. 
and we have to be careful about sides that we take mm-hmm. uh, politically and even socially or secularly. Something may appear to be right, like here it was, they're bringing them and asking if they should pay the tax to a Roman government that was the controlling government. Should we pay taxes here? So the way Yeshua answered them was basically saying, okay, whose authority is on the coin? And then that's how we handle it. So I found myself, especially when it came to social causes, whether it may seem like, okay, this is a good cause, or, uh, or this one might seem like a good cause, being really careful because those things that I align myself with may change over a period of time and evolve into something that would be contrary to God's way. No, I think that's, uh, 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 thank you, Paul. That, that is something we have to be careful how we associate. But um, what I, at the same time I see here, in a sense, thank you on that, is, but we see Messiah, he's not necessarily, he, maybe he has a, we already say people know where we're associated with, all right? But yet they ask certain questions that to you or come to you in such a way that makes it look like, you're not really, you know, that, in that position or put you in, a, in a, the way they word their questions to you, uh, in a sense, will put you in a bad light of because you do that or inadvertently make it sound like you're actually against something when you're not, you know. I mean, uh, real quickly, I know I, for me, politically, I see out there, you know, I might have... I. For instance, you have a, I'll put it this way, you have a particular group that stands up and says, oh, no, we're not for that, okay, and they get demonized, okay, oh, then you hate them, da, 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 or whatever it is. No, I just have a different way of solving the problem, but yet you're, he gets, that group or that person gets demonized thinking that they're completely opposed of uh, tearing down or uh, with a hatred or whatever, when there's just a different way of maybe accomplishing the same goal, okay? But yet you'll never hear that part of it. That's uh, in some sense maybe what I'm trying to say. Sister. I'm not sure I want to go here or not, but kind of like what Paul was saying. When it comes to the taxes, do we go along and pay Caesar, even though we realize, like, in this time and age, God's not in our schools. Taxes are supposed to be going towards schools. Mm-hmm. Um, taxes are funding abortions. Taxes are, <clears throat> in some instances, as far as I'm aware, funding transgender operations. So where do you draw the line with that? Mm-hmm. No, I, I mean, that's the thing is we have to... Look at, um, I think that's one thing there, but at the, at the same time, <laughs> we are stuck in a community that actually has some, how do I say it? Especially here in America, we can make a difference. We do have a voice versus uh, some other cultures. And it's sad to say that due to maybe America's choices, it's going that way, but it's only us that will, to blame that it's uh, going that way, you know. Um, but no, I, I, there's always those boundaries that we have to, uh, have to abide by. But I think what will an- maybe answer your question is that other part, how Messiah answers it, all right? And I'll, I'll, get, to, I'll get to maybe where, what, how we can, uh, in some ways, appease both sides, not upholding evil, but standing for what we need to stand for uh, the best we can in righteousness, too. So I might be able to answer some of that for you. Barry? I have two comments. One is, as Yeshua said, give on to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. It's, there's no debate in that one. It's give to Caesar what's Caesar's and God what's God's. Yeah. And the second comment is, I've given money to someone that needed it in the street that maybe I would have liked to have given them something else. Well, if I'm really interested, then I take one of the bags of kindness and carry those and hand those to the, to the people on the street so that they have a pair of socks, they have a water, things that help them. 
But if we're going to try to micromanage what the government's doing, and and yeah, I don't I don't want to fund abortions. I don't want to I don't want to fund certain wars and that sort of thing. But you know what? I don't think that we need to. It's not that that it's not that we should shouldn't. I think we don't need to be concerned with that. I think we need to be concerned with if there's an election, pick somebody who's godly. If there's an opportunity to serve, we serve. But to say I'm not going to pay taxes because I don't agree with these horrifying things that they're doing, don't think I can do that. Mm-hmm. No, uh, there, there is that thing. But I think the key thing um, in that is uh, uh, Alan last week, you know, uh, our friend from Israel. I think one thing I hope that you got from what he was talking about is like, you know, <laughs> you do have power. And if you're silent, that's your fault. You know, you can vote. And with these, uh, there's a way to debate and there's a, a, a way to go about it. But at the same time, Messiah was no coward, you know. So I think sometimes we can't look at being so humble that we become weak, all right? We can stand for where we stand, and we should be able to stand in love, okay, with the right words, you know, and respect even for the, the, the other people that maybe we do not like or do not accept, you know, their point of view. And I think you can do that eloquently, all right? Yes, you're going to get resistance. Okay, they hated Yeshua regardless. All right? So we're going to get some of that. But yet, I think we still can stand where we are with a moral standard that comes from Elohim that will be overwhelmingly acceptable to a reasonable atheist or a person out there. I, that's what I see. And I'll show you uh, here in a little bit... Um, Proof text for that as well. There's four hands. Four hands up here. Okay. Um, a little bit on what you were saying and Barry was saying also is that um, I have a couple comments. I'll make it quick. But um, the way I see it is America has their laws or rules or whatever you want to call them. And as an American, you have to pay your taxes. That's part of being an American. But just like the gay marriage thing, that went into effect, and it's not that we are agreeing with it. Like, just because it became a law doesn't make it right under God. Mm-hmm. Like, it's still um, abomination against God just because it became a law, or not a law, but it became approved. And another thing is about words and things, especially when it comes to the Bible, and you mentioned debate. I found lately and even a few years back that when you're in a certain discussion about the Bible, you're walking a fine line sometimes in discussions, and sometimes that silence is golden because if you get too out of whack, like where you think this or think that, you have a chance of um, like taking away or adding to the words of Yah. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes you just have to be silent about it because it's too risky to take a chance to kind of like mix things up and then you'll become, you know, in sin because you man- manipulated things even though you're not aware that you are. So I think sometimes you have to be cautious with what you choose to discuss about because there's a chance that you might go out of line with it. Yeah. No, and uh, thank you, sister. And I think the, uh, what come to my mind, there's um, the one thing that was coming to mind. You don't have to live to be on the attack, okay? That's really what they do. But you don't have to be, like I said, so humble that you have no, no strength at all. You just, if you live it out, that's what you need to do. Messiah was never going around attacking people. He didn't run into Jerusalem, you know, and picking out any kind of groups or anybody for that matter and condemn them. You know, he wasn't. 
He was living his life out the way he knew, according to how the Father showed him, you know? And if you're doing that, I think you get, like we see with Messiah, you, in general, people are going to see, what do you believe? Because I respect you as another human being, and I see how you treat me, I, you know what I mean? Then they're gonna, people are going to ask you, what do you do in your life? Maybe what's so different with you, you know? But if you don't have any kind of relationship, and if you don't even have anything of value that they're going to look at, then, you know, what do you have then? How, do you have power to change anything? Because surely if you stand up and start attacking, in some ways you're just as bad as the other side, right? That's a thought. Sister? Well, what this um, chapter reminded me of is that all the other apostles and ministers that got persecuted and what happened was the unbelievers uh, manipulated their words and what they said and tried to turn them around so that, you know, to make them look like they were the ones that were wrong. Um, and I actually have a scripture, King James, um, from the King James Version, John fifteen twenty, says, remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. Mm -hmm. So there, um, uh, thank you. Um, go ahead. Um, from, on verse, in verse 15, it says that they plotted how to trap them, him. So it was not a moral, a moral question that was about the taxes. It was more about plotting to catch him in the act or catch him doing wrong or saying something wrong. Because the, the Herodians believed in taxes and uh, um, the taught ones were... Um, but where the, where the taught ones of the Pharisees, they did not believe in the taxes. In fact, they hated the taxes that they had to give to Herod because just like us, they were giving taxes after the temple. This was supposedly after the temple, I and believe. And maybe it interfered with their taxes and, it, and it, what it, they're doing. Exactly. And it was actually, <laughs> uh, they're going through the same thing we we're going through. They had to pay taxes to whatever God they were serving and whatever rules they, they paid, they kept under their government, mm -hmm. Herod. So I'm thinking here it's more of a, um, just to try and, um, it's not a moral issue. I guess you could put it that way, but it's more of how they were trying to trap him and how he answered their question. I, I, thank you, sister. I'm glad you're bringing it back to that whole idea. She pointed out quite clearly, you know, this was a trap. So maybe it wasn't so much a moral person coming to, you know, to show another, it wasn't morality. It was more maybe using somebody else's morality against them, okay? And that will happen to you, okay? It's maybe clearly what's, in some ways, that's what's going on here. You know, they had other intention. And um, let me read, let me see, let me, I have it here. Um, Luke 20, 20 says this, same incident, same situation. And keeping a close watch on him, they sent spies to pretend to be righteous, to catch him in a word, in order to deliver him to the, to the rule and to the authority of the governor. All right? So we see, like the sister pointed out, there's a little bit more behind here, at least how Luke is wanting to record this. Okay, their motives maybe had nothing to do with tax at all. All right, it was just a springboard to get rid of something or some kind of movement so we can continue with ours. All right, and I'm not picking out any particular group except to pick, except to put it in the put it in the the idea of. These types of things go on all the time, and we got to be aware of them. And we can't be one of those, okay? All right? So I'm not trying to single out the Pharisees, or I'm not trying to single out uh, the Jew. That's not what's here. 
Because any of these situations Messiah is coming across, we really have to look at them. If we're going to be true to the text and true to humanity, we have to look at it as like, okay, is that me? Am I part of a group that's doing that? Okay? And we got to go there first before we even think about raising our finger in that sense. Okay? So that's one that's interesting. I'm glad you brought that back to that. So, so really, and again, once again, we can see here in these four days that I've been talking about that Yahshua is being tested and examined just like the Passover lamb. Okay? If you, and obviously, if you haven't picked up already, I'm trying to show you the importance of these feasts. Okay? They're very, very, very important. Passover, along with the rest of the feast, you know, it shows how, where Messiah's heart was. That's what's going on behind this whole thing. How, what his heart was for the Passover, because we even know that he, even in the younger years, um, was at the Passover feast. And then something to keep in mind, so... So if he is the, the Lamb of God, right? Then let's learn the lessons taught by the feast. Messiah is showing us how to live out the Torah, okay? Not live without it, all right? That is going on strongly. Um, go ahead, Joe. And then I got some questions here along with what I just said, along with the other stuff that we're throwing around here. Okay, in verse uh, 21 it says, what is Caesar's? You know, what, is, uh, what, is, what does he have? You know, what is Caesar's? And then what is Anaheim? It's like serving two masters. You have to love one and hate the other. It's mm-hmm. like picking well, what team are you going to be on? You're going to be on... Caesar's team, or you're going to be on Elohim's team. And uh, the Bible says that we cannot serve two masters. You're going to one. And Elohim, it says, uh, the Torah, uh, love one another, the, the Ten Commandments, the law. That's God's team. Caesar's team was anti-religion, anti-Christ, mm-hmm. paganism. Also, the tax would be everybody had to pay taxes without exception. So that was a kind of a catch-all type of thing. And uh, the taxes we pay today, there's good and bad, abortion, uh, gay marriages, so on and so forth. But then there's other things that we pay taxes are good, feeding the hungry, uh, helping the, the homeless, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Joe. Um, First, I want to. I understand uh, how you're how you're talking. I, I I can agree, but here's something that I want us to look at, though. Okay, um, because when you're saying uh, to serve two masters, and I'm saying this because as I was going through that study, that's one of the things that was coming uh, to me, but I couldn't get away from this part of it because I saw the serving of two masters is usually was associated with goods or money, okay? So I, I would think here, and I'm glad you brought this up, because it says, what is Caesar's, okay? It's not saying to serve him necessarily, okay? So I'm not saying that you're completely, um, uh, that you're off base. I'm saying let's focus in more what's really going on here, because I think, and, and I'll show you why I, I'm thinking this way, Joe. Because the other question, what is Elohim? So we do have two different things. There maybe I I do agree there might be some opposing of one another going on here. It'd be obvious if you knew who Caesar was and how they operate versus how we know Elohim operates, and we're still learning how he does that. You know, I got to put that in there because aren't we all still learning how he operates? You know, so. Um, but let me read this, okay? And this is an interesting thing. And this is a challenge for, it's for me as well. 
Because everything that you guys are talking about that I'm hearing is like, okay, yeah, I'm there, but then we have to deal with this text. Okay, Luke 2.40 says this. And the child grew, this is Yeshua, the child grew strong in spirit, being filled with wisdom, chukmah, and the favor of Elohim was upon him. And his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the festival of Passover. Then it jumps down uh, uh, to 52, verse 52 in Luke. And Yeshua increased in wisdom and stature in the favor with Elohim and man. Woo! Okay? How did Yeshua do that? Obviously, we see him now. Okay, there's some opposing with some man. But yet, he was able to walk. Can we, can we in some ways, give Caesar what is Caesar, gives Elohim what is Elohim, you know, to some degree, can we walk with, let's say, Caesar in the sense and show him where we stand with a mutual respect, okay, like Yeshua did. Obviously, there might be some situations that might occur, but yet at the same time, be walking with our Elohim like Yeshua did. And I'm not saying you don't run into oppositions and situations, and obviously towards the end, they wanted to get rid of them. But the one thing is, it was the faithful people who stood behind the book in the most part wanted to get rid of them. It wasn't necessarily Caesar. Okay? And again, I'm not picking out any particular group except for anybody that would be even be us who's standing behind this book. Would we be... Do we find ourselves in positions opposing someone walking like Messiah? Paul. I'll be, I'll be real quick, and then John had his hand up also. Uh, this was a political hot button at the time, uh, and that's why they wanted to trap him, because you know the tax collectors were hated because they were collecting the tax for Caesar. So it was a political hot button. They wanted to trap him. So the way he handled it was actually brilliant, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. John. To me, the question is, render. How do we get render? What, 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 what events transcribe for me to render unto somebody something? Mm -hmm. If I have a contract with you to mow your lawn, then, and I do it, then... The person who I mowed the lawn to has to render unto me the payment for mowing that lawn. So render under God what is God. We pay tribute to God. Our father, our, our patriarch Jacob said, I will give a tenth of you if you will be my God. Right? We have to pay a tithe. If Caesar has a state-run citizen, a state-run religion, do we have to pay a tithe to that? If we sign up on the contract, that's a reasonable thing. Mm-hmm. If we didn't sign up on the contract, then why do I need to render under Caesar? Show me the contract. Does that make sense? No, it does. And, I, and it, if I have a contract with man, pay the contract. Pay what you're due. If I have a contract with God, pay that. The problem becomes when you mix the contract with man that overwrites or, or in, infringes on your prior and higher contract, as I would say, with Yute Vavhe. So to me, it's a question of law, but everything is a question of law for me. Yeah, for you, yes. No, thank you, John. No, it's, John, would this sound, I guess what you're just saying, um, in my mind, um, I'm going to think of a, a simple practical thing that maybe is right out in the public right now, okay? We had a president maybe uh, that was in office before. Maybe a lot of us didn't care for his policies or whatever, Okay. That's, that was the case. That's how it went. Now we have a president, okay? Maybe, you know, some of the things are more uh, favorable to a certain part of the group. But the other group, <laughs> all of a sudden, all right, they're going beyond. They're not showing any kind of, uh, they're not showing the same type of respect or uh, rendering 
to the office and how things worked. All right? So I think in some ways that's one way that we can look at how we behave. But yet I begin to see sometimes even those. So it's how you behave and where you're coming from. So you can do that. You know, you, I think you can render, like John says, to where you're at, to, uh, to the authorities, and still, depending on what it is, not, not be belittling or not compromising your faith and your walk at the same time. Go ahead, Barry. Exactly to that point is what I wanted to mention. There was a scripture. I couldn't find it, but I know there's a scripture where Yeshua's inside the house. Tax collector comes to the door. One of the uh, disciples comes to him and says, there's a tax collector. Yes. Yep. And he doesn't, he, he says, I shouldn't, I think he says, why would I have need of paying a tax? But so that there's, I can't remember the words, that there shouldn't be a problem, shouldn't be a, somebody questioning. He said, go, and he does a miracle. He sends him to go fishing, like you just pointed out. And he yeah. finds the fish with the coin in its mouth and gives it to the tax collector to pay the tax. So in the question, are we supposed to pay the tax? I think that kind of proves... Yeah, maybe we maybe something a little extra has to be done, or something. You know, you don't want to touch the coin because it has a die, an idol on it. In his case, he wasn't going to touch the coin that has the idol on it, mm -hmm. the the picture of Caesar. But uh, he did pay the tax so that there wouldn't be not that he had need any to. kind of a stumbling going on I, right we talked it was in matthew we talked about and that's interesting let's go back to the taxed idea that's going on here okay because this uh we have up front here we do have um uh, it started off about taxation all right or these apostles or these taught ones brought it to yeshua in that context all right and do remember that, you know, okay, Caesar has a tax. Do we pay, uh, you know, in some ways I see what's happening. Yeshua is saying, well, pay Caesar's tax, but make sure you pay Elohim's tax yeah. too. Because there was a tax as well, a temple tax that was there. So Elohim, our God, uh, you know. So my suggestion would be, if we're faithful to Elohim paying his tax, doing what he's asked, then my guess is we won't have, we'll have enough blessing and enough provision where we're at to take care of Caesar. Wouldn't we? Oh, this is a, more of an observation, but uh, when you think of uh, the nation of Israel and Judah ultimately split up because of a tax issue. Exactly. And Elohim allowed it to be, if I remember, you know, and using it for whatever purpose, for his greater plan and purposes that are sitting right here today. <laughs> yes, that. Yeah, I want to add too, Ralph, that it seems to me I remember somewhere where Caesar's tax was like 30%. Elohim's tax was only 10 What's it, the yeah. big problem? <laughs> yeah. Now, that's an interesting way of looking at it. So, uh, go ahead, Pat. Romans 13, 1 and 2 is, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God, the power that be ordained of God. Whosoever, therefore, resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive of themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Wilt thou then be not afraid of the power? Do that, which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. Also in Peter um, 2.13, subject yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or unto governors, as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of them that do well. 
That's, thank you, sister. It's interesting you went to Romans because I have another Romans verse that I'm going to look at. But first, so we have what is Caesar's? I'm, I'm pretty much, we can understand that, okay? But what is Elohim's? What is Elohim's? Okay? Render to Elohim what is due Elohim. Render to your God what is due your God, maybe. Is there a deeper meaning more than just the temple tax? And see, I, my suggestion would be yes. All right? Because there's much bigger things because he is much bigger, right? So if he's much bigger and we are to follow him, then like I said, I see why would he not help us where we're at if we first put him first, all, you know, first sink the kingdom of righteousness, then will not all things be added unto you, right? I think that's very powerful. Pat went to Romans. She, you were at Romans 13, yes? I'm going to go to Romans 12.1, all right? So how Paul talks, <laughs> it fits into the same kind of context very clearly, and that's how Paul talks. He talked and talked. On. Let me do this real quick, and then I'll get right to you, sister, okay? So Romans 12.1 says this. Okay, remember, it's in the context, what I was saying. What is Elohim? What is rendered to, what should we render unto Elohim? I call you, therefore, brothers, through the compassion of Elohim, to present your bodies as living offerings, set apart and well-pleasing to Elohim for a reasonable worship, a reasonable service. And do not conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you prove what is good and well-pleasing in the perfect desire of Elohim. Prove out what his. So how I would say that, if you walk after his commandments and you put Elohim first in your life, yes, there's going to be some resistance. We've seen that. But that's where he's at. I want to be there, okay? I want to be there so I can overcome whatever comes from Caesar, whatever comes from the world, whatever that may be. That's what I think Messiah is saying here, and in a deeper sense. Give Caesar what is Caesar, but you better make sure you're giving Elohim what Elohim is deserved, because he's talking to who? You know, Pharisees, uh, the Pharisees' apostles coming to entrap them. So in some ways, okay, guys, you don't, your heart's not in the right place. Why are you attacking me? Okay? And then I have one other question, is it, but I'll have uh, Bobby. Just going back to Romans 13, 3. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. It's my understanding that, um, I don't want to say God's economy, but when it was set up in the back uh, with Moses or wherever, that basically you were supposed to pick out rulers that were of God. The rulers we have today, some of them, I should say, not today, but a few years back, you got to question that. Um, that ruler, as far as I'm concerned, was more towards evil and not good. So again, you got to ask, where do you draw the line with this? Mm -hmm. No, I if understand. you know what I'm saying. Um, ultimately, it would be nice to go ahead and follow this if we had rulers that you could tell were of God, but a lot of them aren't. No, I, I, I agree with you, okay? Yeah, we, yeah, but yet our, in some ways we are to judge what's before us, okay? And some things we might not be able to, um, to change. But my personal opinion, looking at at the things I've seen in the world, even evil rulers, okay, maybe don't have the right heart or whatever, they have to deal with their people, all right? And most of the time, common sense is usually, if I want to deal with these people and I want to get the money that I need and want out of them, I better not take it too far. So you, there, there's, a, some, there's a little bit of, I think, biblical principles kind of work here a little bit for my advantage, okay? So uh, that, that's my honest, uh, that would be my simple answer. And we're talking about big, um, 
what a big complexity of things, you know. But I think at the end of the day, um, which I'm one, I can worry about this, 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 but it's like, <gasps> it has to come back to me, me and what I'm going to do, you know. What I can control, what I can do, and if I'm doing then, then I cry out, and if the Father sees I'm fit or worthy that things will change before me and open those doors, then that's where I have to, that's where I have to be. But at the same time, those evil rulers, as, uh, as it states in the text, being um, uh, something to the effect of being disciplinarians, well, if we're going to behave out of hand, well, he's going to bring in some evil guys and show you what it's like. All right, to really get that spanking, so to speak, right? So, you know, because we've seen that in the history of Israel as a people, which we should look at, behaving a certain way. Who did he bring in? His servant, Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> you know, another guy who had other gods, other means or whatever, but he was a lot, he was the servant of Elohim to come in to discipline. Later on, he got his spanking as well, but... The point is, we've got to focus on who we are. I think that's one of the key places. What are we doing? You know? Um, we got two? Yes. And then well, we can finish up I won't be very here. long. Uh, basically, you know, Peter and a couple of other uh, disciples, they went in front of the temple, and they were told, do not preach that name. All right? Well, they arrested them, put them in prison. An angel opened the prison doors, let them back out. Another servant came to them and says, you know, them guys we just locked up last night are out there in the same place preaching the gospel. They brought them back in, says, did we not say, not say that name? Basically, to sum it up, um, it depends on how wicked of the land you live in. If the land leaders are corrupted, who do you choose first? Teach what God says to render to the world mm -hmm. or go underneath man? No, oh, exactly. So it comes back who ultimately uh, make sure you render to Elohim what Elohim requires of you. We'll take well, your comment and then we'll, uh, we'll, I have one thing and we'll finish up, okay? Sure. Well, I was just going to basically echo what I mean. You have to let the Spirit guide you at the rock. Exactly. Because if you're looking at Acts 4.19, and I don't really like going by sound bites, but for sake of time, you know, but Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of Elohim to hearken unto you more than unto Elohim, unto Elohim, judge ye. And, of course, it's a little more direct in Acts 5.29 uh, and Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey Yahweh rather than men. Uh, but yet Peter in the first, oops, the first letter of Peter, uh, chapter 2, I believe, verse 13. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for Yahweh's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for punishment as of evildoers, and for the praise of them that do well. Um, so, whether they're harsh or they're easy, I mean, some rules are just common sense. Mm -hmm. Drink at a bar for the next four hours straight and get behind the wheel. Even an evil police officer is pretty much doing the right thing He's if they pull you over and you fail the test and he or she takes you in. So I think it's just, we can get complicated, but when, you know, and into semantics, but... Just, again, common sense, you know, it yeah. um, just depends on how you're being guided. Thank you. Thank you. So let me end with this here. Luke 20, 26, and Matthew uh, 22, 22 ends pretty much the same way, but I like how Luke ends it. And they were unable to catch him in a saying or in a word, in the presence of the people and uh, in the uh, of the people and marveling at the answer they were silent so if we stick to elohim and who what he has in love and in that righteous in hukmah with some wisdom 
That's where we need to be. I'll give you a quick example. I was uh, Olive Garden a couple weeks ago. We come out, and I saw this Christian guy because of his shirt. And we chit-chat, and, you know, he asked me where he goes. Long story short, I, it was going down. He asked me, you know, where, where I go. He didn't have a church. He was looking for one. You know what I mean? So, but, it, and I was saying about us and how we live our lives. And, you know, that freedom from the law thing came in and everything like that. So, two paths you can take there. You can sit there and argue the law, you know, all day to something that they don't under, they're not going to understand. Or you could just simply say, you know, but what I see is Yeshua loved his father and asked us to love him. And that's why we do the commandments and we do the Torah. He was silent because he can't say nothing. He could, seriously. But if you go about things in another way, they can start breaking you down with their theologies and maybe your own theology. But if you just keep it simple to where it's at, then he's going to go home and think, wow. Well, that's all right. He does it because he loves God. That's right. I found favor in him, and I found favor with my Elohim. So, I put that there is there is a way to go about things. Because let's not be Pharisees attacking our Christians, brothers and sisters. Let's be Yeshua as they come to us. They won't leave. Father Yahweh, we give you great thanks. We thank you for your words. Father, we need your spirit of wisdom and that empowerment that comes from you and you own. We thank you again for this day of Shabbat and help this community and help us individually so we can accomplish all that you would have us. Amen. Thank you all for here. I appreciate your time here. And we'll be back next week and we'll continue on, okay? Shabbat shalom, everyone. Those online, make sure you come back and see us.